Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. Karen's stocks are set for their fifth weekly gain with rate cut bets, giving traders a lot of hope heading into 2024. Equities are pushing for all-time highs after Jay Powell indicated this week the Fed could ease monetary policy soon. The S&P is advancing toward its seventh consecutive weekly advance. Oil's looking at its first weekly gain in almost two months. Neil Dutta of Renaissance Macro Research says the Fed is following a framework that will allow the U.S. economy to grow. The die has been cast for this for, for a little bit of time now. I mean, and that's because inflation is slowing more rapidly than they expect. I mean, I think the Fed is following essentially a rules-based framework where they're taking uh, changes in inflation and the unemployment rate and translating that into expectations around the federal funds rate. And that's basically what's happening. In fact, last month, Neil Dutta said he expected the Fed to cut rates by March. So he says he is not surprised by the pivot. But Nathan Dutta's expectations were not shared by many on Wall Street, such as Peter Shear, head of macro strategy at Academy Securities. Really took me by surprise of how comfortable Powell was with cutting rates. So I, when I was at 420, I was getting nervous about risk assets because I thought the only way you get to 4%, given what the Fed was saying, is for economic conditions to turn much worse. They didn't turn much worse, and yet we're at 4% because of the Fed. So I think we have right. some room to, for risk to continue to rally, and it's been a great run. Peter Scheer with Academy Securities also tells Bloomberg, despite hawkish stances from the European Central Bank and Bank of England, he expects more growth outside the U.S. He specifically focused on China. He anticipates further cooperation with the U.S. and increased stimulus measures. And that's the signal that Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is sending, Karen. She says she's going to visit China again next year with a goal of deepening ties and improving communication with the world's second biggest economy. Speaking at the U.S.-China Business Council in Washington. Secretary Yellen said that the discussions will focus on difficult topics, but she expects cooperation from both sides. America's fundamental economic strength means that we have nothing to fear from healthy economic competition with China or any other country. The United States does not seek to decouple from China. This would be damaging to both our economies. Still, Treasury Secretary Yellen says the U.S. will pursue export controls and investment restrictions that have angered China. She did stress the need to engage to prevent what she calls a wide range of diplomatic and financial crises. Well, as for the latest moves in China, Nathan, the People's Bank of China pumped a record amount of cash into the economy to try to prop up its struggling property market and boost demand. It marked a bullish signal to investors who have been disappointed in China's recent piecemeal approaches to stimulus. Meanwhile, stocks across Asia traded higher on optimism over a Fed pivot. Now let's turn to a major move in U.S. banking, Karen. Bloomberg News has learned Citigroup is shutting down its municipal bond business. It is one of the most dramatic moves yet in CEO Jane Fraser's ongoing restructuring as she looks to squeeze better returns out of the Wall Street giant. Bloomberg finance team leader Sally Bakewell says although the move was expected, it is still a shock. 
City was an absolute powerhouse in this four trillion market for U.S. state and for local debt. It it helped on deals for some very prominent um, buildings and landmarks, such as the World Trade Center rebuilding, um, the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. It was also one of the lead underwriters. Bloomberg Sally Bakewell says City will complete the wind down by the end of the first quarter. Sources say the move is expected to affect about a hundred employees. And some more news on the labor front this morning, Nathan. General Motors cutting more than 1,300 hourly jobs at a pair of plants in Michigan. It comes less than a month after GM's unionized workforce approved a new labor contract. The cuts will take effect January 1st. Let's turn to politics now, Karen, and messaging out of Washington. President Biden continues to urge Israel to be more cautious in its war with Hamas. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the details. A bit of a change from the message he's delivered for the last week. NSC spokesman John Kirby says keywords are lower intensity. Possible transitioning from what we would call high intensity operations, which is what we're seeing them do now, to lower intensity operations uh, sometime you know, in the near future. Meaning more surgical operations aimed at Hamas leaders rather than the current force. Biden says the focus should be getting Hamas, but also saving civilian lives. I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Ed, thanks. Meanwhile, in Europe, Ukraine has taken a win and a loss at the EU Leaders Summit in Brussels. The leaders have agreed to open membership talks with Ukraine, but they could not agree on a new financial aid package. That debate will extend into early next year. Hungary's Viktor Orban planned the, or blocked the planned 50 billion euro package, despite support from the 26 other EU leaders. Now, the amount of newly committed Western aid for Ukraine has fallen to its lowest level since Russia's invasion almost two years ago. That has Russian President Vladimir Putin expressing renewed confidence in his war aims at his annual end-of-year news conference. Coming back to the goals, they remain unchanged. I, I will remind you, it, it means the Nazification, demilitarization of Ukraine and its neutral status. Well, this was President Putin's first end-of-year news conference since he ordered the Ukraine invasion in February of last year. S&P futures are higher by three-tenths of one percent, up 13 points. Dow futures up 125 points. That's a gain of a third of one percent. And Nasdaq futures are about a third of one percent higher as well, up 53 points. More global headlines straight ahead, plus a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. Nathan, thanks. It's time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. And for that, we're joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. John, good morning. And good morning, Karen. Google will stop telling police which users were near a crime. That story in this report this morning from Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Google is changing its Maps tool, so the company no longer has access to users' individual location histories. It cuts off its ability to respond to law enforcement warrants that ask for data on everyone who was in the vicinity of a crime. The change comes three months after a Bloomberg Businessweek investigation that found police across the U.S. are increasingly using warrants to obtain location and search data from Google, even for nonviolent cases and even for people who had nothing to do with the crime. Google will roll out the changes gradually through the next year on its own Android and Apple's iOS mobile operating systems. Amy Morris, Bloomberg Radio. President Biden trying to rally support among seniors, highlighting new government caps on prescription drug prices, saying the effort will help crack down on price gouging by the pharmaceutical companies. The year before we passed this legislation, drug makers jacked up prices nearly four times faster than inflation went up, and they were already too high. 
Let's call this for what it is. It's simply, it's a ripoff. Under legislation passed by Democrats, pharmaceutical companies are required to pay rebates to Medicare when they increase certain drug prices past inflation rates. In a Bloomberg News Morning Consult poll released Thursday, Biden trailed Donald Trump across a number of swing states. U.S. defense officials say a cargo ship caught fire in the Red Sea this morning after being hit by a projectile launched by rebel-controlled Yemen. The attack on the Liberian flag vessel further escalates a campaign by Yemen's Iran-backed Houthi rebels who claim responsibility for a series of missile assaults in recent days. A lawyer for two former Georgia election officials told members of a jury in federal court Thursday they should send a message in considering how much former Mayor Rudy Giuliani should have to pay for spreading defamatory lies about them as part of his effort three years ago to keep President Trump in office. In a last-minute decision, Giuliani decided not to testify as planned on Thursday. Global News, 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm John Tucker and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, John, thank you. Well, we do bring you news throughout the day right here on Bloomberg Radio. But now you can get the latest news on demand and that means you can get it whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now, and you can get the latest headlines right at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashower. John. Garen, blowout in the desert just a few days after the Raiders had a home game and lost to the Vikings 3 to nothing. They had another home game and beat the Chargers 63-21. to This game was 21-0 in the first quarter. It was 42 to nothing at halftime. That's a near NFL record. It was 63-7 to midway through the fourth quarter. The Raiders rookie quarterback Aiden O'Connell threw four touchdown passes. The Chargers lost four fumbles. It's the most points the Raiders have ever scored in a game, and it's the most points the Chargers have ever allowed. Celtics 12 and 0 at home. They beat Cleveland 116 to 107. Warriors now just 10 and 14 playing without the suspended Draymond Green. They lost to the Clippers in LA 121-113. Big NBA story so far this year. The Minnesota Timberwolves now 18 and 5, a 119-101 win in Dallas. Luka Doncic scored 39 in the loss in Sacramento's win over Oklahoma City. De'Aaron Fox, 41 points for the King. Shea Gilgis-Alexander scored 43 in the loss to the Thunder. George McGinnis, the Hall of Famer who played for the Pacers and Sixers, has passed away at the age of 73. Capitals lost in Philadelphia 4-3 in a shootout in L.A. on the day that the Dodgers introduced Shohei Otani. They added another player. Pitcher Tyler Glasnow comes from Tampa Bay with outfielder Manuel Margot. The Rays get a couple of prospects in return. Remember, Otani is not going to pitch. He's only going to hit in 2024. John our Bloomberg Sports. Karen? All right, John, thank you. Well, we are watching stocks. They're set for a fifth weekly game, this on the Fed pivot. And we want to discuss all of this. We're going to be bringing in Andrew Sheets, the global head of corporate credit research at Morgan Stanley, for that discussion. And ahead of it, S&P futures are higher again this morning. They're up three-tenths of a percent, up about 14 points. Dow and NASDAQ futures also up three-tenths of a percent. This is Bloomberg. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. There is plenty of fuel for optimism in the U.S. market with the Federal Reserve signaling this week that it is, in fact, ready to start thinking about cutting interest rates next year. But when it comes to global central banks like the European Central Bank and the Bank of England, they're holding firm on higher for longer. So what's this mean for the outlook headed into 2024? Let's get some answers now from Andrew Sheets, Global Head of Corporate Credit Research at Morgan Stanley. Andrew, it's great to speak with you this morning. So what does a more dovish Fed and a more hawkish ECB mean in your world? So I think the important starting point is that I think we've seen an evolution of the data that's much better than, than we or the market would have expected six months ago. You know, over the last 12 months, the U.S. economy has grown 3% year over year, and inflation's been declining. Uh, and in Europe, you've seen, again, inflation really start to moderate in a way that the ECB, uh, a number of central bank watchers, uh, would not have expected six months ago. So I think the important factor, the most important factor, is that this year has been all about inflation, and inflation is finally coming down, which gives these central banks a lot more flexibility to moderate policy as that happens. So, uh, again, you know, you've seen uh, central banks react to that a little bit differently, the Fed sounding a little bit more dovish, the ECB sounding a little bit more hawkish. But I think the core message as you go into next year is these are central banks that are done hiking, they're going to be cutting, and the path is going to be easing going forward. But the path is going to be easing at a much different pace, it seems like, when we hear this more hawkish tone from the likes of Madame Lagarde. What could that mean for global bond markets if we see higher for longer in the eurozone and maybe not so much here in the U.S.? Well, I think what the market might test is how credible that more hawkish rhetoric really is. You know, we've seen a very weak PMI data out today from the eurozone. You're seeing inflation in the eurozone come down quickly, and on Morgan Stanley's forecast, it continues to decline quickly. And so, you know, we can understand from a strategic standpoint not wanting to uh, ease up too too early on the rhetoric around inflation, wanting to establish the ECB's uh, credibility on inflation, but. As the data continues to come in, as the inflation data continues to fall, as the growth data is soft, uh, we'd, we'd, we'd be surprised we would not expect the ECB to continue to sound this hawkish into next year and would expect them to be, to be easing policy uh, in line with the Fed um, into 2024. Interesting. Uh, what about the Fed's credibility? Is there a risk that the Fed pivots back the other way? next year? Is that something in your forecast? It's not in our forecast. And I think you know, the point about credibility is, is key. Uh, you know, credibility is everything in central banking. And I think to the credit of the Fed, they are talking more dovishly, dovishly as 
core inflation is coming down. Uh, on, on Morgan Stanley's estimates with the latest readings of producer price inflation, six-month annualized core PCE, and, and thinking about core PCE as the measure of inflation that the Fed cares about the most, over the last six months, core PCE in the U.S. is running at 1.9%. It's it's at uh, the Fed's target. If anything, it's a little below. So the idea that the Fed is reacting to that data, it is, and it's not done anything yet. It's simply talking about the possibility that it might ease. And the fact that the Fed thinks the neutral rate is way down at two and a half, two and three quarters, all the Fed is doing is saying, look, we have policy way above neutral. Core inflation is rapidly approaching our target. Yes, we'll, we will be easing policy next year. I, I think that's a credible place for the Fed to operate from. What about the market credibility? Of, I mean, they're pricing in something like, what, six or seven rate cuts next year? Well, we got three from the dot plot. Do you see the Fed moving more in line with the market or the other way around? So the, the market has moved very quickly. I mean, we had forecasts that, that we thought were, were quite dovish when we put out our outlook and in the middle of um, in early October, in early November, excuse me, you know, we had the, the U.S. 10 year at, at 395 by the end of 2024. It's, it's more than gotten there. You know, we had 300 basis points of Fed cuts um, uh, over 24 and 25. Again, a lot of that's getting priced in. So I think objectively, the markets moved to price in more cutting than, than we have expected. But I, I think it's also fair to say that it, it is historically normal once the Fed thinks that a central bank is done hiking, the market usually expects uh, usually somewhat overestimates future cuts as the market's trying to balance the probability of a Fed staying on hold with something more significant. So a, a lot has been priced in, but I think the general idea that the market, once a Fed, once the Fed is done, starts pricing in more cuts, that is very consistent with what we've seen over prior cycles. Really good to have you on with us, Andrew, at the end of a really interesting week for central banks. That's Andrew Sheets with us this morning, Global Head of Corporate Credit Research at Morgan Stanley. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.